0: Good evening, welcome, my name is Paul, I'm one of the pastors here at Mariner's Church and thank you for joining us for Good Friday, our service here. Tonight we're going to be spending a few moments talking about second chances, and we all love second chances, you know, do-overs, you know, try-agains, first one doesn't count, in golf it's it's called a mulligan, we usually don't get them. How many times at Giant Stadium can you catch that home run when you're sitting in the bleachers? or take the winning shot if you're playing basketball, or see someone famous, or even do something spontaneous. It's sometimes said, if you snooze, you what? You snooze, you lose. But when second chances do come, especially when they're totally unexpected, you take it. And you want to take those. And tonight, we're going to be talking about second chances, what they're like, and we'll talk about somebody who didn't see his second chance coming but when it came, he took it. Like I said, this is Good Friday. This is the night where we celebrate, we honor, we worship because of what Jesus did for us. He died on the cross on Friday. Tonight we're going to be doing worship songs. We're going to be talking about the second chances. We're also going to be taking the Lord's Supper, and so I hope that you take a moment and get the elements ready for when we do that together tonight. But first, let's take a moment and just begin to prepare our hearts for what God is going to do in us. Well, this is Good Friday, and we know that Friday, Jesus was crucified on a cross. He was arrested, there was a trial, and he was nailed to the cross. And what he did there was profound. He took our sins upon himself and bore the penalty, the payment for what we did wrong. The Bible would say, He knew no sin, yet he died for us. And God, through him, gave us the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Now that tells me who Jesus is and what Jesus did, and God's powerful, unrelenting love to me. But while all this is going on, while Jesus is being crucified, and while the trials are happening There are other actually dramas that are going on at the same time, other parallel lines of people's lives that are involved in this. Judas is having to deal with his betrayal. Peter is having to deal with his denial. Pilate is having to deal with giving into the crowd. And of course the disciples, the rest of them, are having to deal with, with running away. There's a lot of regrets going on, aren't there? A lot of people are thinking, I should have. You know, or why didn't I just? A lot of people thinking if I only had a second chance, I would do it very, very different. The hill where Jesus was crucified is called Calvary. Not Calvary, that's the army, but, but Calvary, and that's Greek. The Hebrew term for it is Golgotha. And it means skull, or place of the skull, or the hill of the skull, or Skull Hill. What a name. Golgotha. Place of the skull. And and you'll see pictures uh, of that day on Skull Hill, and sometimes there's only one cross. Sometimes there are three crosses that are there. It's not just Jesus' cross that I want to talk about, but I want to spend a few moments having us think about and kind of feel... Uh, the emotions of what's going on also on the other two crosses. And I want to spend a few moments having us think about Second Chances. The writings of author Greg Morse of Desiring God um, really moved me as I read some of his stuff this year, and a lot of the ideas I'm sharing actually came from him. Now, I don't know his name, um, and I don't even know uh, what this guy looked like, But if you were to go back in time, we would know that he grew up around Jesus' day in Jerusalem. And we know that up until the point that we're going to be looking at him, his life was pretty much lousy. Uh, If anyone needed a redo, if anyone could have used a do-over or a restart, it would have been him. Obviously, um, he would have had a good understanding of thou shalt not steal, which on the Ten Commandment list is like number seven. There weren't that many commandments. And it was probably written on his living room wall growing up in Jerusalem. And obviously, it didn't stick. He grew up to become a professional thief. I, I don't know why. Maybe he grew up being poor. Um, maybe he just liked ripping people off, maybe because it was fun. Or maybe it was just too easy with all the unprotected roads around Jerusalem and the travelers coming in. And leaving, I mean, you just don't get caught. Well, you rarely get caught. And besides, he would probably think, you know, I've got time to straighten out my life. I've got plenty of time to get things going and mend my ways and maybe amend for the things that I have done. There's always time to make something in my life. There's always another chance. I mean, don't we say that a lot? There's always, always time. Well, not for him. He got caught. Maybe it was a setup. Maybe he got lazy. Maybe he ripped off the wrong guy. Um, Whatever it was, he didn't see it coming. And finally, his past now caught up to him. And the Romans caught up to him too. And now he was in the Roman jail in the gears of the Roman judicial system. And, and the Roman system pretty much ground you to pieces. If you're a criminal, you get caught, you get executed. That's the way it is. There's no first time warnings, no probation, no community service, no parole, no halfway house, no pay your debt to society and then free. It's one and done. There's no second chances here. There's no hope. And that his sentencing Maybe he wanted to cry out and say, Hey, I was going to change. Or, you know, if you only knew my heart, you know I'm really deep down a good person. Or from now on, I'll do better. Or give me one more chance and you'll see. Rome doesn't give a second chance, it doesn't work that way in the Roman system. There's no second chances. And that was on a Thursday, and things moved pretty fast back in those days. You're sentenced to be executed by crucifixion, which means nailed to a cross until you died on Skull Hill on Friday. The thief. I I, I don't know. How, How would you feel knowing that you're going to be executed, crucified the next day? knowing that your death's only one day away. I mean, I know how I feel when I have a root canal scheduled for the next day. I can't imagine what he was going through. How do you sleep? I want to puke. I think about all the times I could have chosen better, or I could have done something better, or I could have made another decision. All those second chances I didn't take the times when maybe my mom pleaded with me, my dad asked me to change my life. All those could-haves and sometimes could-haves turn into should-haves, but they become did-nots at this point in his life. And a whole lot of did-nots add up to a whole lot of nothing. No one wants to waste their life. And if I were him, I'd want a second chance. And if I were him, I'd know I wouldn't get one. Golgotha, tomorrow. Skull Hill is not the place where you're going to find a second chance. Because once you're nailed to a cross, you don't come down. I think, I think hope dies on Skull Hill. I think everything dies on Skull Hill. Friday comes and, and maybe it's like he's going through some weird nightmare. Greg Morris writes this. He says, On this day, there were no more do-overs. No time to make things right. The branches would not reattach. The sentence could not be reversed. The shattered vase could not be re- restored. This world was being Pride from his hands, and only hours remained. Surely, the worst of his already pitiful existence now lay ahead. He would beg for death in the end. As blood-stained nails invaded his wrists, shock waves of pain he had never known overwhelmed him. His mind spasmed at the flood of hurt, only to reawaken as the other two nails impaled him. He could scarcely remember being lifted up from the ground, but for the earth-shaking, body-convulsing thud as his cross fell into place. Two others were erected nearby. Many eyes stared, stared at him, and he hated each pair. Why did his wretched death have to be attended by such a crowd? Luckily, he was not the main object of their mockery. Who was the other man that they hated so? Well, it was Jesus. He'd heard that name. He who knew who Jesus was. Everybody knew who Jesus was. And you either loved him or you hated him. I mean, Jesus was supposed to be the one to save. There's some destination for a savior, isn't it? But something began to change in the thief. Maybe it was something that he saw. Because there was a sign that was above Jesus' head and it was inscribed in three languages. This is the king of the Jews. And he thought, could it really be? Maybe it was what he heard from Jesus' enemies they would be yelling out, he saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. And our thief thought, wait, even Jesus' enemies admitted that he saved others? Really? Could he possibly be the Christ of God? His chosen one? If he saved others... Could he save me? Maybe it was what went on surrounding his death. Three hours of darkness beginning at noon till three in the afternoon. How'd that happen? What's up with that? I mean, it's like even God was shutting down the world for this. And maybe it was what he heard from Jesus himself as men mocked and tormented him, laughing and insulting him, Jesus met their mockery and their insults and their derision with a request. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The thief... He had been cursing the crowd, but this man, with nails in his flesh, asked for their forgiveness. And who is this man calling God his Father? And how can Jesus want them forgiven? They're mocking him. Who does that? Does God forgive people like that? Jesus wants them forgiven. And if he wants these people forgiven... What about me? Skull Hill is not the place for second chances. Or is it? The third criminal, he railed out, are you not the chosen one? Save yourself and us. And before he could think, our thief objected and cried out, don't you fear God? since you are under the same sentence of condemnation. For we are getting what we deserve. This man has done nothing wrong. And our thief thought, I am guilty, but not this man. I am rightly condemned, not this man. I'm worthy of death. Not this man. And maybe. Just maybe. Jesus' name means God saves. Can I be saved? Can I be saved through him? And at that moment, he believed. Morris writes about our thief and said, he the one who had wasted millions of breaths throughout his life, came to gasp with his final few and his last recorded words are this, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And from the dying Jesus to this thief. This unworthy one came words to overwhelm his wasted existence. Truly I say to you, today, today, you'll be with me in paradise. The last Place you think is a place for second chances. The last place, Skull Hill, is the only place for second chances. The only place. We started talking about what might have been. I, I don't know what your might have been might have been. We call them regrets. We want second chances. Our friend, the thief, he found his in the place he thought he'd never find it. The last place in the world he thought he'd find a second chance. Because Golgotha, the place of the cross, at least in his mind initially, is not the place for second chances. But God's plan all along was, that is the hill of second chances. In fact, for all of humanity, me and you, because of our sins, it's the only place for second chances. It's the only place where you and I can ever hope to get a second chance, and the consistent message of Jesus is, we messed up. But in His love, He died to make us new and to forgive us. when there was no chance, he got another chance. In other words, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The place of second chance is when we think there's no chance, that's the place of the second chance.